Hi, and welcome to the Hollywood Dreammaker Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Gallo. I'm a 35-year veteran actor. I'm the kid who came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket when I was 18. Didn't know a soul out here, and I've been living my dream ever since. I've had an amazing career. I've been an Academy Award-winning film, blockbuster film, hit TV series. You name it, I've done it, and I got the IMDb credits to prove it. Six years ago, I opened up my own school, the Manhattan Actor Studio, where I found my true passion. That's teaching the craft of acting, but not only teaching the craft of being the guy. Success leaves clues. I know how to make dreams a reality. I did it for myself, and I do it on a daily basis for my students. And I can help you achieve yours. Welcome to my podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back to Hollywood Dreammaker. I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. He's faculty at Lee Strasberg Theater Institute. He's appeared in over 150 films, television shows, and video games. You may know him for his work in Gemini Man opposite Will Smith, directed by Ang Lee, Indiana Jones, directed by Steven Spielberg, Mission Impossible, opposite Tom Cruise, Air Force One, opposite Harrison Ford, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, opposite Brad Pitt, directed by David Fincher. I mean, he's been on countless TV shows, stage productions. He's the actor's actor. I want to welcome Ilya Volok. Ilya, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Billy. <laughs> it's good Thank to you. See Glad you, to be friend. here. Same. It's Thank been a you. long time. I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> I want to set this up, Ilya. Yeah. So the reason why I created the Hollywood Dreammaker podcast is because I want to inspire artists to follow their dreams. A lot of people have the dream of Hollywood. And, you know, my guest, you including, have very inspirational stories. You know, your story, your journey into Hollywood, uh, for me, it's very similar to mine. You know, I came out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket and a one-way ticket, and I didn't know soul in Hollywood. And I've been blessed to be living the dream. And when I, when I did a little you know, research on you, you came out to Hollywood with $300 in your pocket, but you didn't speak any English. And you came yeah. out here with this dream to become an actor. So yeah. give a little in, insight to what that journey was. Exactly. It's uh, also, you know, I was coming, again, I had this dream to continue my acting career, which started in uh, former Soviet Union. I, I just graduated from the Moscow Art Theater, and also I was invited to several, to four theaters, you know, including the Moscow Art Theater. It's, it's a pretty big, I mean, it's pretty big deal because it's hard to, upon graduating from any theater school, it's hard to, you know, stay in Moscow in the center of the you know, theater world. I mean, you could you can end up in some provincial towns, you know, working, but to actually get invited and stay in Moscow, it's not that easy anyway. So, but I had to make it, that choice. I rejected the invitation and I came to, you know, LA. Yeah. How old? Yeah, I how was, old uh, yeah, I was like 25. So 25. Okay, so where, yeah. did the, uh, where did the bug come in? When did you know you wanted to be an actor? You were studying at the Moscow Arts? Yeah. Well, you know, originally before Moscow Arts, I was on a path. I was a professional athlete. I was in rowing, you know, the crew. And we went to, you know, world championship when I was 18. And then the natural path was to, you know, I went to become, a, you know, the coach studying in, um, you know, the... It's like a sports college where you, you know, get a four, four year degree and you, you basically become a coach. But after two years of studying, I realized it's not something that I want to do. You know, I, 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 something has changed inside, you know, something was like brooding, boiling inside of me. I didn't, I didn't tell anyone. I, um, continued studying but I also was you know going into the it was like a local um, community theater you know in the evenings I would go 
and the guy who was running that set, you know, that little theater, you know, we, we were rehearsing, you know, some, you know, little plays and, and he told me one, one day, he said, you have to apply for one of the theater school. You have, you know, you have potential, but don't stay in Kiev where I'm originally from, just go into a, you know, try to enroll in one of those central schools. Anyway, so that's what I did. I applied to, I mean, it was a big company also, you know, pretty steep competition. It was like 300 people for one spot to enroll in the Soviet Union education for was for free. So it's a a different system. And then you go through like a rigorous selection and anyway, so basically, I got accepted, and then in the Moscow years, that I studied for years, and then basically after that came to LA. So that you was studied, you studied your craft for for four years before for coming to LA. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now you you land in LA. You got three hundred dollars <laughs> in your pocket. You don't speak any English. What happens then? Where? How do you? Well, how do you? How do you start out? What's the journey? How do you get an agent? Well, the journey, the journey. I was um, first of all, you know, of course, I had to make some kind of a make a living somehow. Some. So I was doing all kinds of jobs. I was working in this, uh, you know, deli. My first job was uh, cutting sandwiches in this deli. It's right there on Fairfax and Sunset. It's called Almer's Liquor, right there, right across. I think it's. Right across the green blood. Yeah, I know the place. Right, that, that, yeah, almost. Yeah, I was, I was cutting. You know, I was cutting sandwiches and learn how to make a chicken curry salad and uh, stuff like that. <laughs> then uh, I was, um, you know, working at the. I think it's just that change just started on Melrose, close to Highland. There's California Chicken Cafe. So I worked there for a couple of months, and then I think it was my lucky, in a way, turn because one of my first friends, who was you know the Russian guy who came a little earlier, and he already started. He actually the one who told me about you know getting an agent and how you do the you know headshots at that time. So he was leaving a job. He was working at the cemetery at uh, Mount Sinai, right next to Forest Lawn, you know, and he, he had a position, it's a funeral service director, you know, but so he, well, to get that kind of a job, it was like, I mean, he, he just, um, you know, recommended me because I needed like somebody who like, you know, Russian speaker, just because they have like some, you know, people from the, you know, the, you know, the Russian customers who, you know, have their family members. But anyway, so I got that job, really, when I got there, I thought like, wow, man, I am compared to, you know, the daily, the, yeah, man, I felt like I'm in heaven, literally. Okay, so now <laughs> so, you, got the job, you got the job, you're making a little money, right? You, so where, yeah. how, do you, how, do you, how do you get an agent? How do you get a manager? Well, how do you get representation? What did you do? What were your first steps? Well, ba- basically, again, the same guy who, you know, referred me to this job, he told me, you know, he, he actually referred me to the agent. There was the uh, agent who actually was specializing in, like, Eastern European, uh, I mean, he had some, you know, Russian, you know, from the former Soviet bloc, you know, people. And he basically took me on. And he started sending me out. I think at the first, while I was still working at that cemetery, he sent me, and I remember one of the first auditions that I had was for the movie Love Affair with uh, Warren Beatty and Annette Benning. It's the, that thing on the boat. And I got pretty close to that. I didn't get the role. And then when I realized that I need a flexibility because, you know, that schedule, that cemetery job didn't, I mean, you know, I had to really work hard to get out of this. So anyway, so, so that's how, you know, happened with the agent. But then right at that, but like after two years when I was working at the cemetery, I, again, I had to take this another step into, again, step into unknown. I had to leave 
that job, but it was a safe job, you know, that, that cemetery job with the, you know, regular paycheck. And, and I, I went, there was a position at the different cemetery to work in commissions, selling graves. But that was no guarantee, nothing, the money, you know, you just took a, so that was another step. But I knew, I knew I had to follow what I wanted to do. I had, now I had an agent. I had to go for auditions. I have to be available for work, you know, if I book it. So, so and then, yeah. So now you got the job. You, you moved to the more flexible job, right? Yeah. You can go out yeah. for auditions. So tell yeah. me, like, what's the, the first job that you booked? The first, the very first, when I was working, when I started working, I started working on that cemetery selling graves. That was 93 in July. I think right after the, you know, the 4th of July holidays, they hired me. And in October of that year, I got the job in this movie for, it was a movie for Showtime, actually, you know, directed by and starring Michael Anthony Hall. Okay. And he brought in Robert Downey Jr. for cameo parts and Samuel Jackson. It was before the Pulp Fiction. Before Samuel, I mean, Samuel Jackson, I remember like people know him, like they were like treating him, but like he was already, I mean, recognized, but he was no A-list movie star, you know, but he was playing the cameo in that film. Anyway, so that was my first job which is they toughed hardly me into the and the job was like actually the job was uh, like a supporting lead one of the main you know there was a like a music band of the michael anthony hall him his girlfriend and i was like a sidekick the drummer so that's what actually what got me started and you know got me into sag and uh that was night end of 93 and when did you come then, out what year did you come out what year? I came out in 90, 1990. So it was exactly three years later. In, three years um, later. So now you, you're, you're here for three years and you're doing odd jobs, making sandwiches, working at yeah. a cemetery. Yeah. And going out and kind of, you know, paying your dues. You're, you're yeah. working jobs to, to survive. And yeah. now you're starting to go out on some auditions. And, and three years later, you land your first job. You get your Screen Actors Guild card. That's right. Then... What happens from there? You know, it wasn't like I, you know, started making a living right away at acting. So I was still until like 95, another two years. And I booked this movie in Africa for like two months, HBO. Well, like I ended up, ended up being there like three or four months. That was the end of 95 where I pretty much already kind of started basically making living from the acting jobs you know that five years into la and you're starting to make a little bit of a living as yeah that yeah i started i started making it then you know same year so the 90 or 96 the air force one you know 96 you book a a nice part on air yeah harrison ford yeah that was a yeah that was a good you know that was like uh uh, you know, two months thing. I mean, then pretty much. So around that time, so pretty much, I was. I started just going pretty much like from job to job, um, kind of solid on a reg on a regular basis. So and then I a working actor. Yeah, and I left pretty much. I left the cemetery uh, around the same time, and uh, that's pretty much. And pretty much since then. That's what I was been doing, you know, working, you know, so, journey, I became a journeyman actor. Yeah. That's amazing. And I know, you know, you, you're the kind of actor that, you know, you love the theater. I mean, I remember seeing you on stage, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, you're not one of these actors that was just waiting for the phone to ring. You were actually working on your craft. You were doing, doing plays. Well, you know, it's always, I, I, I also, when I talk to my students, you know, I subscribe to that opinion that um, the acting is not a profession. It's an illness. It's a diagnosis. You know, it's something who you are. You know, it's not, I mean, if you're not, you know, the creative process never stops. Whether you are on set, whether you are on uh, 
and it's it's something you observe you you work on your imagination you you put yourself as if circumstanced you know you 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 train your imagination your mind constantly so it's you know it's a continuous process and that's how you you know constantly improving and of course doing stage it's a big to me it, you know it's a, it's just a necessity you know that that's how you also grow and that's how you become better and better just to because if if you're just looking at it like you know go from one tv guest spot to another guest spot i mean yeah there's a lot of people who do that but the, you know acting is so much more than that you know i remember talking to martin landau you know god bless his soul i mean he passed away about three years ago i think yeah and at the actor studio he studio yeah they, they you know the and he was uh running you know he was the running acting uh, yeah. sessions and uh you know i told i you know i told him like how appreciative you know i am to be a member of that and he said yeah you know you know i said i don't know without the actor studio or i don't know he said yeah he would be like some people who are in this business for the wrong reason you know in uh so i mean you have to know for yourself why you're doing this and uh why do you do just, why yeah why you know i think it's uh what they call to be an artist or the, you know to have an artistry in you in, in yourself it's something that you then start identify yourself as i guess it becomes it's like a part of the like again i don't want to sound too because it's a highfalutin yeah too fancy like it's uh, something like you you breathe air you know you need that you know it's just it's a you know i guess it's a part of the also a part of the self expression yeah yeah, well, I mean, actors. I mean, it's it, it's in you. If it's in you, it's yeah. In you. you know, it's it's. I, I look at it as a, it's a gift. You know, not everybody gets it, and you have it, and it's your obligation to, you know, use that gift and and make a difference and touch people's lives on you know with what you do, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I love the fact that you also you teach the craft. I mean, what is your approach to the craft? I mean, I know you you're, uh, you know. Lee Strasberg method, you know, the method is, is the Stanislavski system. What, what is what well, is your approach to the craft? Well, I look at it, look, I mean, it's a, to me, it's pretty much all the contemporary acting is based more or less on Stanislavski's method. I mean, all the Lee Strasberg, Stella Adler, Sandy Meisner, they all derive from that system. They just took some parts of it and built building on, on that. Created, but it's a, yeah, but it's all, but it's pretty much. I mean, when you read that, all of them. I mean, it's Stanislavski. You know, it's pretty much because Strasberg and Stella Adler, when they were in New York, inspiring actors, they went to see. I think 1925, when the Moscow Theater came to New York. They came to see one of the productions, and then some of the actors stayed in America. You know, Richard Bolislavsky and um, uh, Ludmila Uspenskaya. I forgot her first name, but the last name was Uspen Uspenskaya. Well, you know, Americans pronounce it Uspenskaya, but it's Uspenskaya. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, and they established a school in New York, Bolislavsky and Uspenskaya. That's where. Strasberg and Adler went to study, but those people they were, you know, they were collaborators, you know, students of Stanislavski. So it goes from and then the whole the group theater in 1937 was set up on the model of Moscow Art Theater. The group theater in New York, which is Lee Strasberg, was you know part of it, and then and then out of that in 1947 the Actors Studio. Come out, so it's the same. It's basically everything is uh, connected to the Stanislavski and uh, yeah, the Moscow Art Theater. 
So for any actors that haven't, you know, you, you mentioned Boleslavsky, you know, the, his book, Acting... Six acting, Lessons. Acting yeah. For six Lessons is, is a must-read for a young actor. What else yes. do you recommend? You know, I started uh, reading um, uh, Stella Adler on a... I think it's called... On, she's got Stella, but I think the one, this one, On the Craft of Acting. Yeah. It's great. I mean, it's great where the way she talks and she she the only the only thing she says which is kind of i think it's kind of funny she says well don't read stanislavsky you'll get confused now i mean you know maybe the translation is a you know but stanley you, know, you, you have to read you know an actor prepares yeah and uh you know my life and uh, my life in art you know stanislav i mean it's all it's all i mean it's pretty basic pretty simple but when you connect to it you really know what they're talking about and uh, all the, the techniques, the base, you know, the, the relaxation, the, you know, the, the public solitude, a private moment. So, yeah. you know, for me, that's as an actor, when I'm doing the work and I'm creating a character, you know, the private moment exercise is one that I go to all the time. That and the animal exercise, which are, you know, both, you know, Strasbourg yeah. exercises. Um, yeah, are truly the way for for me. This is how I step into the shoes of the character, and I spend a little private time in their space, and uh, I explore that, or I look at you know, I call somebody from you know their long lost father, or they I read their journal, I look at what's in their room, you know, to really yeah. explore that and get all that stuff that's not on the page. It's it's all that stuff that you create in that private moment, you know, and then that's right. Time, beautiful work, you know, you can bring, you know, even with the animal exercise to get out of you and step into the, the behavior of, uh, you know, whatever the animal is and, and to break your, you know, the way you walk and the way you talk and your mannerisms. I think those two exercises for me, the private moment exercise and the animal exercise are two of my favorite exercises that I always Yeah. Remember. Oh, yeah. You know, and of course, the relaxation but the re relaxation is, it's actually, it should become a part of the, our life. You know, even in the, re it's not only for the classroom, it's anywhere, you know, we just observe, we, we control, you know, we see what, where we get most tension, work on that area, you know, being aware of that. And we, when we continue to keep paying attention to it, then it becomes second nature. Then you already walk in because there's always that thing, like you walk on stage or on set, there's like a little thing, uh, you know, a little tension comes in. But you have to like sort of like give everything up and kind of let it, just let it happen. Let it, yeah, that relaxation sort of like embrace you. You know, that, that's, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly aware of that. So, you know, for me, and this is recently, and, you know, I wish when I was a young actor, you know, I studied at Strasbourg in New York, you know, in the early 80s and, you know, I'd sit in that chair and do my, all my, blah, you know, yeah. exercises. You know, what I found for me as an actor, what's truly been a game changer for me is I started studying meditation and yeah. really learning how to ground myself and breathe and get out of my head and get into my heart and really just, just relax my instrument to find those tension areas and to breathe into them and to relax them. And so, you know, learning how to breathe is something, you know, I did, I studied my teacher training and meditation and yeah. I teach my actors because I think it's a really powerful tool for them to have that if they practice it on a daily basis, just sitting in stillness and finding their breath and grounding themselves and getting out of their head, that that's a truly powerful place to be because one day you're going to be backstage or you're going to be at that audition and you're going to have a little adrenaline pumping through your veins and you know, how do you get relaxed? But if you train the breath, you know, then you take that full breath and your mind goes, oh, I know what we're doing. We're shutting down the noise and we're getting into our power, you know, coming from our, our yeah. heart and coming from our true self, that it's a, it's a, it's a game changer for, for me. And I teach them, my actors that is to really learn how to breathe and how to ground themselves. Because really, you know, I found that I didn't know how to breathe. Like, you know, I was a chest breather. I didn't know how to take a really a full breath from my roots all the way up to my crown and all the way in and out. And you know, learning how to breathe is a powerful tool. You know, to be a, a great actor, yeah. you need to be relaxed. You know, you have to truly be relaxed. And, you know, I found that, you know, breathing and training it through meditation is a powerful tool. Well, it's good, you know, yes, uh, absolutely. The breathing, you know, it's also, 
I think you concentrate on that, then it then it's, it helps you focus on that. It takes your thoughts off some extraneous other stuff. If you just if you just simply concentrate also on the breathing, yeah. You know, That's I, a good question. So when you've you've appeared on stage many times, you know, and you talked about when you're backstage or whatever, and this this energy, have you ever dealt with like stage fright or you know walking into an audition? You know, yeah. Well, I think it's a natural. Um, you know, if you completely like don't care or you know don't give it, a, there, there is something wrong. I think it's a fine line between being uptight and being nervous and, and getting your ego, you know, nerves is basically our egos getting in the way of our impulses. You know, what people are going to think about me, how I'm going to look. Uh, yeah. Gonna and like and uh, what is that? Are they going to like me at the audition? That's, that's okay. right. That's right. Yeah. That's the ego stuff, you know, getting, but you know, little adrenaline, it's helpful because it puts you into to this, you know, specific mode, you know, and then I guess the main task is to know how to direct it, you know, your inner, how to apply it to the, you know, given moment or, you know, how to focus. But it's, it's nothing, nothing's wrong with that having, you know, adrenaline. There's always like, you know, you, you, you preparing to go on, on stage, there's always uh, adrenaline's going and uh, excitement and uh, I love that so you like you just said excitement for me I think that excitement is like batteries for an actor you want that you know that's yeah it's like Michael Jordan in a game and the clock's ticking and the adrenaline's pumping he's got it when he uh, that adrenaline gives you that laser focus to really be able to go and and make that shot and I, I believe it's the same thing. I think the problem is with some actors is they let that excitement, they turn that into nervous and then yeah. they get into the head and they go, why am I feeling this way? Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And that can get in your way. So I don't, I don't like the word nervous. I like to just say it's excitement. You're excited. You're doing what your passion is, what you yeah. love. Your heart is pounding a little harder because for me, when my heart beats a little faster, it tells me that I'm doing what, exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. That's it's right. Like, it's like a green light go. This means, wow, you're doing, you're excited about, you love acting. This is your chance and you're about to do it. So you're just excited about it. So embrace also, that excitement. Yeah. And it was also something I discovered for myself. And I found this um, like, you know, like, like sort of like an image for myself, your craft, what you do, how you train yourself, you're building a boat. Yeah. To go on a journey. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, an hour, you know, two hour play or you go on. So all this craft and you get into the boat and you have to trust the wind and the sails. You don't have to struggle to control it and make sure, let it just glide and it will take you somewhere. It will might bring you to a beautiful island or it might be beautiful to an island, not that beautiful, but it will bring you somewhere. And that's the process to me of the each, well, performance, you know, I'm talking about the moment to moment experience. Every time you're doing the same part and it's a little bit different because you let it, whatever you accumulated, your experience, your training, your now you just let it happen. And I think that's the the most important thing we could strive for, building our craft to trust ourselves and not try to make it happen, but let it happen to us. Let it be affected by the partner, by the imagery that we create. Let it affect, don't try to grab it, but let things happen. And that's not an easy thing because... If we have the thing, oh, I have to, I have to be good. I have to be impressive. I have to, oh, here I'm going to be more expressive, temperamental. Then it becomes performing rather than living moment to moment. And that's what I continue to learn. And, uh, you know, when those moments happens, that's like, 
the top. That's where the work comes in. That's where the training yeah. comes in. You know, it's all that hard work you put in to build that boat. You know, it's that yeah. preparation. You know, the more prepared you are, the better you're going to be. If you fail to prepare, you've prepared to fail. Your boat's going to sink. If you don't have that boat and you haven't, you know, built yeah. that boat, you're going to fail. Yeah, but also when you build that, you build it to have ability to let it go, to trust it. That's, I think, besides building that, yeah? Sure. Besides all the training, all the exercises, but then it comes a point knowing that, go. yeah, it's going to be fine. I could start the scene, you know, let's say the actor, it says the Joe or whatever, you know, Richard screams angrily. Well, it doesn't mean, you know, screams. He might be screaming inside of your head, of his head. But to be so, you get to that anger, whatever it is, you know, you don't have to force it, you know. Just your instincts. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that's the essence of the skill and of the work to get to that, to be, not to try, not to drive it, not to try to make it happen. You're not, oh, I have all this passion. I have this, all this talent and I want to just, but also be not afraid to be affected by things. And maybe, you know, I'm not even, I'm not going to even, you know, even, okay. You know, last rehearsal, you know, you know, I went with the impulse of, for example, screaming and, you know, and it was good, whatever, you know, but this maybe just totally different something different happening with me and it's all organic and connected and it could also be like that so you know being in the moment and really that's right being, yeah that's you know whatever the yeah. circumstance of the scene are just being that and really listen and react and just being that without yeah any you know preconceived idea on where it's going to go or well, this is where that's I'm right be, you know because then that's, that's acting that's not that's right that, that's and that's, I think, that's the essence of the skill of acting. I think that, you know, to trust your instrument, trust yourself, trust your impulses. So if there's a young actor listening to this and they have this, you know, you know, what do you recommend? Like, you know, maybe some exercises or something they should do on a daily basis to train that. Like we mentioned, like you said, the private moment is great. The relaxation, you know, I like, it's one of the Stanislavski's, the three circles of attention, let's say you concentrate right here on your desk, right here, then you switch your attention to a little bit outside, uh, like in the room, and then you go all the way to like a next bu- up, you know, building or a house, and you switch your circles of attention. Yeah, There is limitless amount of, of different you know, exercises working with the objects, treating let's say an object let's say even even if you don't you usually do it in the group you pass pass it around and let's say i'm carrying this you know the notepad whatever now i I have it as a hot cup of tea you know so i treat it this way yeah then i take it as a flower you know it's just one of those you treat an object in a different in a different way you know i love also i remember you know reading michael chekhov and he had great exercise for himself. Like, for example, he would go out, you know, and when he was like walking on the street and he would like pick a person and he would imagine that that person like is carrying a bomb. Yeah. So in his head, he would follow that person and treat that person as, uh, you know, dangerous. And he would like see how, and he would follow, you know, follow him. I mean, not, Start, but like just you know keeping him in the distance and like just creating the sense of the danger yeah then he would switch and imagine that he's the person who's the perpetrator and uh how that changes the you know his behavior and um Love uh, yeah yeah stuff i mean there's a lot i mean of course there is also you know a lot of exercises when you you know work with groups you know, do one on, you know, two on two. I like the, you know, one of the exercises, the physicality, like with the imaginary, let's say four people get involved and um, they have to move this imaginary car that gets stuck. Yeah. So this way 
your whole body get, gets involved, yeah? And you push in and trying to find a ways and coordinate with each other, you know, how to get this dead car out of the, out of the mud. And the, this way you, it's a, you know, it's a group effort and, uh, you know, involves the, the, the physicality and, um, and it, you know, sense memory is also a big part of this. I mean, the Strasbourg built the whole aspect or the whole array of exercises and, you know, sense memory, you probably, you know, you know that, you know, drinking, starting with the creating cup of, you know, cup of tea and then going, yeah. I held that glass of orange juice for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's all about, look, it's all about, you know, some people maybe even like make fun out of it, uh, whatever, but it's how you make it real for yourself. Sure. You could, again, this simple exercise could be very significant if you keep, you know, creating and keeping your focus and imagination, it could go, you know, forever for you. And, and uh, as long as you're using your mind, imagination and making it real for yourself, I mean, that's... One day you're going to show up to a set and they, they're going to hand you a glass of apple juice and they're going to tell you it's a glass of scotch. And you that's right. And you sensorily, you know, taste that scotch. You know, when you drink, you taste it. What does it taste like? How does it feel going down my... Yeah, exactly. Know? So I, I love, you know, kind of just becoming aware of behavior and observing, you know, just humanity. You know, I love people watching, you know, because I, I always look at people and I go, well, look at that hat on that person or look at how they walk. Or you yeah. know, one day I was outside of my studio and there's, a, there's yeah. a boxing gym and I was sitting and I was just observing out the window and there's a Walgreens parking lot across the street from me. Yeah, this guy it was like December 24th, like, you know, the day before Christmas. And uh, he's walking around the parking lot. And he's got a hoodie and he's smoking a cigarette and he's he's moving around a lot. And, and I could see him like peeking into cars and his behavior was like an acting class. I was just observing his behavior, man. And it, yeah, you know, I was going, wow, this guy is so suspicious. You know, I could tell that he must have been on some kind of drugs, you know, because just he was, a, there was a little paranoia and then he'd walk away and then he'd come back. And it was like, I sat there for like 10 minutes just watching his behavior. And, you know, I'm the neighborhood watch block captain. So I'm thinking, you know what, this is a little suspicious. So I, I call, you know, the Manhattan Beach Police Department and they roll up with the SUV. And I, you know, I got no sound. I'm just looking out a window and now the cops roll up and the cop, the way he walks out, his behavior, the way he's holding his thing. He's got his glasses on the back, sunglasses on the back of his head. You know, his bulletproof vest is, you can tell it's like uncomfortable. So he's adjusting, he's holding his whole, you know. So the behavior was like an acting class. It's like, for me, it's all yeah. that I'm putting into my actor toolbox because one day <laughs> I'm going to play that criminal. I'm going to get that material. And I'm going to go, oh, I know who that is. That's that guy that I saw across the street. Or, you know, I'm going to play that cop and I'm going to go, yeah. oh, I'm going to use that behavior. You know, it's those little, it's the details. It's the little things, you know, and it, and it's, it truly, for me, you know, when I create a character, that's what I want to find. You know, when I, I'll give you a quick story. When I did uh, Pretty Woman with uh, Gary Marshall, you know, it was a yeah. darker film about drugs and prostitution. And I was the, the pimp, the drug dealing pimp. But when, yeah. I, when I auditioned for that, it, you know, it was, uh, it was a pimp on Hollywood Boulevard. Well, I live right off Hollywood Boulevard. I went down to Hollywood Boulevard and I found me a real pimp. You know, and I befriended him and some prostitutes and I hung out with them and I told them, you know, what I was doing. And he had this hat on, you know, this really cool hat. And I asked him, where'd you get that hat, man? And he said, Hollywood hat shop down the street. And then he had a, a man, like a dress shirt, but he had the sleeves cut off and he had a tattoo on his shoulder. I went to Goodwill. I got me a dress shirt like that. I cut off the sleeves. I put the tattoo. He had this cool walk, you know, like he had a little swag yeah. walk the hat the whole thing that's what i brought i got the whole wardrobe his walk his accent and that's what i brought into the audition that's the guy who walked into the room and gary marshall looked at me and went i love the hat i love the hat i mean the hat got me the job but it was the research. <laughs> i was really researching the character and finding the way the character walked and the way he talked and his behavior and all that fun stuff that's what i brought into the room so, you know, I highly recommend I tell my actors to really open up your eyes, open up your senses to really see things, you know, really take the, it's the detail stuff, really smell things. Like you said, you know, like 
smell that flower. You know, what does that smell like? What does that orange juice smell like? What does that taste like? You know, what is yeah. it like? You know, really get in touch with your senses. Really listen. You know, I go to an art gallery, you know, look at Van Gogh, Picasso, look at the brush strokes, look at the paint, you know, listen to music that you don't really listen to. That's that, you know, you just to express yeah. yourself as an artist and have all this data for your actor toolbox. Because that's what they, that's, yeah, exactly. They, that was pick up that script and you're going to know exactly who it is because you have all that good stuff in that box. Yeah. That's what actually, that's what um, Stella Adler was saying. You know, when you, you're not just a regular person. Now you look at the world differently. You realize things in a different way. It's not just something, oh, you look, it's a piece of, you know, the fans, you know, this fans may be standing there, uh, you know, for hundreds of years, or it's a diff, you know, it's, it's a different appreciation of the surroundings. Sure. And then how does your character, you know, yeah. the choices you make, you know, how is that if, you know, if you made the choice that, you know, you were in a, a prison camp for three years, previous circumstance, you're going to look at that fence a little differently just because you made yeah. the choice of, you know, the backstory of the character. Yeah. I'm a big believer on, you know, the, what's on the page is on the page, but you as the artist, the actor have to create the life, you know, the biography yeah. of the character, know who you are, make those choices. Because I truly believe talent lies within those choices and the bigger, the bolder, the stronger your choices, the better you're going to be, the more fun you're going to have because you made the choice that your character's a, a panther. So there's a different walk to you and you have the wardrobe choice and you know that your character grew up, uh, you know, in Brooklyn and in a rough neighborhood. So maybe there's a public persona, you know, a mask that's covering the scared little boy. You know, you, you don't. Yeah. You don't have all that good stuff unless you do that work. You don't make those choices. You don't have that stuff to play. You know, you do the work and then you leave it alone, like you said, and, and just be in the moment. And all that beautiful work is going to come out in your performance. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's basically sort of say like my teacher was saying, uh, going to your piggy bank, you just accumulate things. Accumulate, you, don't, you don't even know when, how subconsciously it's going to come out. Yeah, I like to call it, you know, I love the piggy bank. I, I call it uh, the actor toolbox, you know, because yeah. everything that's ever happened to you in your whole life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that shit is your goal yeah. as an actor. And that's what you mine. That's what you substitute. You personalize. You take your truth and you put it in there and you expose that through a character and then it's real because you're not acting because i know who i'm talking to i'm talking to my father I'm, I'm i'm in a real place talking to a real person fighting for my need for whatever to be loved and the obstacle is he's not listening to me so now i got to take an action to get yeah you know, scream or cry or be you know whatever it is to get that what i need so you know to really load the characters up and do all that work the, the work is truly uh you know what i think is makes a difference between an actor that you know, comes into an audition, you know, is reading off a page that, you know, if you ask them in the lobby, what's your last name? And they go, I don't know. Because it didn't say so in the script. I don't know. Where are you from? I don't know. What was your father's name? I don't know. What was your mother's name? You know, you don't know. You, how do you play a character if you know nothing about the character? You can't. You just remember yeah. words on a page. So, you know, uh, it's for me, it's like, do the work. Because the more preparation you do, the more prepared you are, the more fun you're going to have. And then you're yeah. going to that audition and having fun because, you know, I yeah. am the character. I know, I know this character better than you, the writer, because I wrote the backstory. I did a private moment exercise last night. I know what my character has in their pockets because I know my character drank a bottle of Jack Daniels last night and he's got a massive hangover. So I put those Advils in my pocket or I know my character's drug addict and I know he's got, you know, so having that secret, having something, knowing that backstory, knowing what happened, previous circumstance, is going to give you stuff to play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's playtime. Let me ask you your approach to auditioning. Well, you know, if you're talking about the technicality, I'll, I always try to memorize if I can. I mean, because to me, it's just me, my personal thing. If I have enough time... I always, because it frees me, it's freeing me more than just holding a page. And uh, then again, the ability to make strong choices and go with it. 
and don't you know doubt yourself and you're just uh, because you don't have much time so even maybe it's not the exact choice what they were but they the creators they don't really sometimes they don't even know themselves what they want and then you make you make your, your choice and it they're like surprised so basically so i'd say knowing the lines possibly if possible that's like you know one of the important things and, and then just to to make a strong choice and then fly with it and then and then don't second guess yourself on don't beat yourself oh i could have done all oh. i mean we we all have that in us like oh man yeah i should have ah, i should have done that but it's just just let it alone you know just uh do it as long as you know that you've done what you could under given circumstances because under given circumstances that's that's it you know because it's always not enough time it's under you know we have 100 things to do and this and that but just give everything you can and then just leave it you alone. know forget it next you know yeah yeah and not, don't sweat too much over it you know crazy if you if you second guess i should have would have could have and I yeah you know I mean, I, I truly believe your job as an actor is to go into that auditioning room, you know, make some big choices, you know, be more prepared than the next actor. You know, if you get that call from your agent at uh, eight o'clock at night, you know, that you have a uh, producer session the next day at, you know, 10 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon, outwork them. Don't sleep. Get those lines down. You know, go in there because I believe outworking out choicing out prepping out everything the other actors is is the way to go because they can't even compete their heads in the page you you're not you're free you've made some big choices you're playing and then like you said leave it alone you do your job and then you walk out confident which is a really important thing you know because even if you had a shitty audition you should be thinking i rocked this audition because you know a casting director can see that behavior on you and go Oh, he did good because your behavior. I mean, you may have rocked the audition. You walk out with your head down because you're thinking, oh, I could have done it better. You're telling me you did bad. So it's really that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's really important. You know, a lot of actors don't know your entrance and your exit are just as important as your audition. The words that come out of the room are just as important, you know? So it's being able to give them all the right words, you know, tell them yeah. plant awesome seeds in their brain that you're checking all the boxes. Well, this guy's prepared. He's polite. He's professional. He's like, well, I want to work with this guy. You know, you're directable. If the director gives you some direction, well, you better give them exactly what they asked for because they want to know you're directable on the set. And if I need you to give me a little more anger, well, you better give me a little more anger. So, you know, That's right. it's, it's really about doing the work, you know, for me, it's just gotta, you gotta outwork everybody. You know, you got to want it. You got to be hungry. You know, this this career, you got to be more hungry than the next guy. This is not something you go into and you give 50%. This is something you have to give 150%. You got to want this more than the next guy. You got to be relentless in your pursuit to this because it's a roller coaster, right? And you're going to have your ups and your downs. And, you know, there's going to be times where you have self doubt and you go, like, what am I doing? Have you ever had uh, some self doubt of your career? Yeah. Of Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, it's always, I mean, it's uh, over the years, of course, you develop that thing. Okay, I, you know, I did what I could and just let it go. And you look at your successes versus failures. And, but it's, you know, it's part of the human thing. You know, we're always, you know, vulnerable anyway. You know, it's just how to minimize that. You know, I usually, these are usually about, 35 minutes, you know, we're, we're, I'm really enjoy talking to you with about the craft and everything, but I, I got to cut it short. But yeah, what I, what I wanted to, you know, just ask you a couple quick, you know, things is, you know, if you had to impart some wisdom, some of the knowledge that you've learned o- over the years in the game in, in, in Hollywood, you know, what would that be to that young artist thinking of maybe, you know, they have this dream or maybe they're, they live in Russia and they have this dream about being an actor, but everybody's laughing at them and telling them that it can't be done and you're crazy and it's a pipe dream. You know, what would you say to them? Well, I think, again, I mean, it might sound like a cliche, but 
you have to follow your passion, your impulse, no matter how sometimes it's scary it is. And um, also, like somebody said, and I love that, you know, actors, we have to have the optimism of a tennis ball and uh, a skin thick as the elephant. <laughs> so we have to combine or try to get those qualities because we're going to be knocked down and we have to get up and keep going. You know, no matter what happens, it's one of my favorite, and I used it in this one-man show I did. Uh, I co-wrote, actually, with the... It's about this... Um, anyway, there's a quote from Chekhov where Nina, you know, the seagull, the girl from the seagull, the lead character, she was telling to Constantine at the end of the, you know, the play when she meets him, and she tells him, you know, she was an aspiring actress and uh, she went to this journey with a the professional theater. And, and she said, you know what? I realized now after all these years, it's not the sound of applause what matters. It's the ability to keep going no matter what happens. So I think that's the Love it. essence, you know, it's... Uh, we love it, we, but you know, disappointments happen, but we have to keep doing it. Yeah, finding never strength. Up. Never quit. You keep doing yeah. it. You, keep, you go after that dream with a vengeance, and you know what? You never know. You know, that one audition, you never know where it's going to come. You may, may not have had an audition for six months, and you may yeah. be second guessing your career choice. And then something magically happens that that audition comes up you go in there boom next thing you know you have your own tv show you're in a big movie you know it just happens that way but you, yeah. you can only be in it if you know win it if you're in it you got to be in it you got to be going after it and you got to go after you got to have thick skin because there is a lot of rejection and there is going to be unemployment and there's going to be the highs and the lows and all that stuff in between but you know it's the journey it's truly yeah. a journey, and, and if you if it's in your heart and it's your passion, then you have to follow your passion. You have to go for it because you don't want to be on your deathbed going, you know what? I shoulda, woulda, coulda, but I didn't. You know, at least if you go in there and you give it everything you have, you can be proud that you went after your passion. You know, there's nothing better when you know I did it, man. I mean, look what you did. You've accomplished an amazing thing coming out with three hundred dollars, not knowing a friggin' soul out. You know not even speaking English and you've worked with Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, the list goes on. You've every John Travolta, uh, Harrison Ford. I mean, you've worked with the A-list, Will Smith, the A-list of A-list actors, you and them face to face, side by side. You made that shit happen. You made that dream a reality, you know, check. You did it. You made it happen, you know? So, you know, I love when I turn on the TV and boom, there you're there. I'm watching a movie and, you know, boom. Or if there's a movie with like Russian guys, I'm going, I know Ely is going to be in this movie. Where is, he? Where is he? If you're not in the movie, I'm pissed off. I go, he must have been working on something else. You know, I really, truly, I love, you know, you know, just real quick. Give me your favorite Hollywood story or working on what was your favorite actor, director or some story, your favorite Hollywood story. I was working with the, there was a movie with Oliver Stone, U-Turn, you know, with the Sean Penn and uh, John Voight and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Anyway, so and it was, and it was that, you know, my yeah, well, I played a sidekick to the like a Russian, um, you know, mafia guy, and then the Oliver Stone. I think you know he wrote some additional stuff for me, and then you know it was great, and then I went to back to. LA, you finished the job, and then my agent gets this thing that, oh, they want to bring him back. They wrote <laughs> they, they wrote another another scenes for him for him, you know, like, oh that's great. So I get on a, you know, exciting, you know, fly me to Phoenix, you know, and the, to this little town, uh, the Arizona Superior, we where they were shooting, and they say, Well, it's seen it's this is the scene in prison. 
and uh, like um, oh, but it says to be determined, to be determined. The on a call sheet it says to be determined. The you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> anyway, and uh, I call this scene, and you know I call this thing uh, an actor prepares. So I'm like, I'm all excited, man. It's gonna be in prison. It's gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be like fighting and the and this and uh, and uh, you know, I'm getting ready to like, you know, some exciting stuff. And uh, comes down to Oliver Stone wrote a scene that I'm getting raped <laughs> by this hillbillies. <laughs> You know, and it's like, you know, the guy who was uh, right before that, you know, during the lunch, because, you know, the scene getting delayed, it's getting later and like we have a, we should have to shoot before lunch. And then it's, uh, and this guy, he's a cinematographer, like who shut the doors and uh, he won an Oscar for Departed, that cinematographer, you know, he comes into me and said, you know what, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to get, you're going to, you know, you're going to be, you know. Raped and uh, and I'm like, are you kidding? And then I'm like, it hits on me. Fuck. Well, he used strong language, you know. He used like, you know, you're gonna be. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, right. Then it hits me. I think he's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they so the basically they created the whole. Um, you know, it's in it's a prison cell and this hillbillies, which he hired non-actors. You know, all this type like. Uh, Huge guys, you know, like scary. Uh -huh. And then basically, and I'm thinking, man, I mean, there is no way to call SAG because it's uh, Saturday. You know, I need, I need to know. There is no way I cannot call my agent. You know, I have to make a decision because it's like a pretty graphic thing. You know, the shooting in um, anyway. So it was okay. I mean, they ended up. They, they. <laughs> I don't want to go into the. It was okay. I, I actually made some of the acting choice that actually, you know kind of you know worked anyway but then he he didn't end up on screens because he i mean he, he did like 300 screenings and the last moment he decided to cut the whole it's that scene with the power boost powers boost like corrupted cop he comes in and like he's seen me being raped in this thing and uh and anyway so but they gave me the outtakes oh wow i have the outtakes so one one day I'm gonna be showing to my like grandkids, <laughs> but it was a it was a funny. I call that an actor prepares. You know, like you think about oh man, man, you're gonna have some some like you know acting and um, cool fights. You know, except <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's something that jumps jumps in my mind when um, asking about interesting stories. <laughs> but yeah, you have to be you have to be in those situations. You have to be able to. Use your judgment and uh, sure, it's a judgment. You know, yeah. Sometimes you know, I, mean, I have a lot of actresses, you know, and you know, they have to if there's something that they don't feel comfortable doing, they have to be able to say no. I'm not. I'm not. Well, uh, interesting, Billy. Interesting, you mentioned because on that movie, they had the one of the girls who I drive, who I pick up on my trip. Yeah, the hitchhiker. One of the girls, you know, is an actress from LA. And they asked her to take over the bra in the scene. Like, you know, we're having fun. And like, she's like, you know, and she said, well, it wasn't in, uh, wasn't in the script, you know, so she didn't want to do it. So they had to delay the shoot. She left and they got some local, um, Somebody you know, no, no, not non-actress. Yeah. Like they got, you're like exactly what you're saying, you know? But good for her for standing up for, you know, her beliefs. Just because you're on a set with some big director doesn't mean you have to do something that doesn't make you feel comfortable. That's not, you know, doesn't feel right. You know, you can say no. You can call up Screen Actors Guild and go, hey, I'm not comfortable doing this. You know, this was not in the script. So good for her for doing that. Yeah. Hey, Elia, yeah. I got to thank you. You know, I know we have absolutely ages and, and, you know, I called you kind of last minute because, you know, I was like, you know what? I was thinking, who can I call? Who's in a really inspiring story? And I thought of you, you know, your journey into Hollywood is an inspirational journey at 25, you know, coming to L.A. with 300 bucks, not knowing any English and look at what you've accomplished. So you made the dream a reality. 
And I want to thank you truly from the bottom of my heart. It's great to see you. You know, hopefully maybe when all this craziness calms down, we can, you know, grab some lunch or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you on the screen. I know there's plenty more to come. So, you know, you're a very talented actor. And, you know, anytime Thank you, know, you so much, Billy. play, you know, going on and let me know. I'd love to come see you on stage. Absolutely. Thanks right, so much. Billy. Thank you. Thank you. Stay, stay safe. Stay healthy. God bless. You too, Billy. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't. Please take whatever you get from here, the golden nuggets, and apply them to your career. Go after your dreams with passion. Don't let anybody tell you it can't be done. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. I'll see you in Hollywood.